Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Saving starts with internet and wireless from Xfinity. Because when you get Xfinity Internet and add mobile, you can save up to $400 a year on wireless. Enjoy fast, reliable internet at home and nationwide 5G on the go, included at no extra cost. Get Xfinity Internet and Mobile together and ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back. Don't miss out. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Savings based on optimized pricing. Actual savings may vary. Well, in the first half, I go through some more of my Oscar jokes. We take some phone calls. That's all coming up. First, I'll tell you about Blinds Galore. First place to buy custom blind shades, shutters, and drapes online. Family owned and run for 20 years plus. Covered over 2 million windows. I have them in my home. I have them in my bedroom. I have the electronic ones in my bedroom. Don't have to run wires or anything. Just charge them up periodically. And you can order everything from your home. Just take the measurements, customize it uh, online, see exactly what your blinds and shades are going to look like on screen before you buy. Designer look without the designer price. Hand-built from scratch, delivered to your door, and created just for your windows. Even connect your shades to your smart home or Amazon Alexa. It is so good. Blinds Galore, right, Dawson? Blinds Galore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Visit BlindsGalore.com today to order up to 15 free samples and take up to 45% off everything. Just let them know Adam sent you. That's BlindsGalore.com. Welcome to the MIP. Yeah! <laughs> you knew this was coming. Guess who? Oh. Let me start this thing off. Join me every week. For the Michael Irvin Podcast, we'll give you the full MIP experience. I'm talking everything from football to fashion. I will be chopping it up with playmakers, headline makers, and I am throwing haymakers. I'm the MVP of the MIP. Don't miss it. Download new episodes of the MIP, the Michael Irvin Podcast, every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Mark Norman, with Gina Grad on news and Bald Brian on sound effects. And now, there's no vacation from his vexation. Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice we're going to mandate. You get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. I love that about you. Right, Gina Grad? That's right. Handball, Brian. I'm going to take your spine and eat it like linguine. <laughs> chilling. Mark Norman's going to join us. Very funny stand-up. Has a very funny stand-up special coming out soon. I just watched the trailer. We'll play you some of that because it translates uh, nicely. 
Also had the uh, Porcelain Punisher pull some more uh, Oscar jokes from 2017. You could only imagine these being told in today's climate. Well, hard to beat the gay crayon box. (laughs) I'm still thinking about it. Well, one of my favorites is is on this list, but we've done it on the show, but it's been a number of years, so we could probably repeat it. Uh, also, uh, Phil, Philly yep. Cheesesteak, has uh, joined us in the studio. His belly was wet today. Yeah. Yeah, he took a dip in the pool because no. he was tired. You know, he gets overheated digging through the trash can <laughs> when I'm out on a walk and spreading stuff all over the place. Right. So uh, he had to cool him. He had to cool himself off of the dip. So uh, I decided to take him with me today. Hey, uh, real quick, I noticed something that you guys have probably never noticed because I'm sure you guys let Phil lick your face because he's not going to lick your fake eyelashes off That's true. or your makeup. Um, when you don't let Phil lick your face, he gets very he get, get kind of, kind of agitated. Mm-hmm. Like he was starting to kind of growl a little because I kept like pulling Like telecom when he doesn't get the click. Right. He attacks Like I was being a tease. Yeah. yeah. He needs a taste yeah. of uh, who's handling him. <laughs> right. All right. So um, Nancy Wilson is going to join us uh, tomorrow. Very cool. Uh, I'm a heart fan. I don't really talk about being a heart fan that often, but uh, those girls definitely could rock. You know, other girl bands, Go-Go's and... Um, I don't know, walk like the Egyptians. That's bangles. Bangles and, uh, you know, groups like that were mm-hmm. good, but um, heart rocked. Yes. And uh, I was thinking of uh, a song of theirs. I have certain songs where I break them off into pieces, like best opening for a oh, song. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, if you listen to Crazy on You, mm-hmm. I don't know why. The best openings to me it always is. have the acoustic guitar. But... The beginning of this song kicks ass because it just shifts and then it shifts again. I mean, it's probably a dude playing, but you get it. <laughs> Shall I broach that with uh, Miss Wilson? The yeah, Nancy Wilson. Obviously, have to sample the beginning part. Yeah, that uh, take a <laughs> while. Pre-recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sorry. Oh, this is in your register. You could handle this. Yeah. I, I, well, there's I a rich history of chicks doing dude songs, but not enough dudes doing chick sung songs. Yeah. Yeah. Turn about fair play. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, my favorite, a little, well, I don't know, that's pretty mainstream. Another mainstream heart hit that is probably my favorite mm-hmm. is These Dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I like 80s heart. I, I love, you know, of course, the classic 70s heart, but 80s heart is a little more tool oh, tuning. Could be tool tuning. Oh, oh, Alone? I love this song. Yeah. Yeah, turn off this and Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Alone, yeah. The hook on this just gets you. Yeah. So, uh... 
we got, uh, I don't think I've ever spoken to Nancy Wilson. Which one of them is married She's to the... She's the blonde f- guitar player. Which one's married to the filmmaker? Uh, That's her. Oh. Uh, Brian should know. Yeah, 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 right. Sorry, writer. I don't, I don't know what to call it. Filmmaker. Filmmaker. All right. Good song. So we'll uh, we'll load up some more of those for tomorrow. All right. I have uh, some uh, some jokes from 2017. Um, first, got <laughs> <Get> that drop. <laughs> Trump. Many many people in this room have called Donald Trump a racist, but did you know he had an ancestor that came to this country on a slave ship? It's absolutely true. And legend has it that old Captain Trump was a hell of a skipper. <laughs> That's good. He's never going to do that joke. No. And I thought, oh, why not make to. him laugh? Uh, diversity. This is on the uh, Trump category. Diversity is a big issue. And to be fair to Trump, anyone that knows him knows that he speaks about diversity every chance he gets. All right, he's talking about his portfolio, but still. <laughs> Uh, here's some, uh, here's one from Moonlight. Uh, so you'd get these random things like we need some jokes on Moonlight. We need some jokes on La La Land. Uh, Moonlight. I haven't been that depressed since I volunteered at the Koala Bear AIDS Hospital. Did <laughs> <laughs> it make air? I don't remember. Did that one make the air? Uh, we'd have to go back. Chris. <laughs> check the tape. Check YouTube. Yeah, Let's see if okay. that made the air. I think it did. Uh, La La Land. La La Land has come in uh, to some criticism. Out Magazine criticized it for not being gay enough, but to be fair, Field and Stream called it too gay. So I guess it's <laughs> well, it does balance out. All right. Uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. They can act. They can dance. She can sing. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> That could have made the yep, cut. That absolutely. could have been in there. Uh, Emma, you could have any man that you wanted. And uh, Ryan, you could, uh, let's see. Ryan, you could, oh. And Ryan, all right, I'll try it again. Emma, you could have any man that you wanted. And Ryan, you could for sure have any man that didn't want Emma. <laughs> well, that's a good job. That's a real good job. I didn't know where that thing was going. Uh See them now in La La Land and look forward to their newest project, Moonlight 2, Rich, White, and Out of Sight. <laughs> La La Land director Damien Chazelle. 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 La La director Damien Chazelle. I wouldn't say he looks young, but he makes J.J. Abrams look like Rip Torn. Sure. Is Rip gone now? He I might think, be. I Rip think Torn, Rip, yeah, he yes. died last year. I think no, two years ago. I was thinking of Rip Taylor. Yes, Rip Torn died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. You can see him in the upcoming every movie that's going to be made in the next hundred years. <laughs> I have the exact same tattoo that Dwayne has on his right bicep. It's the exact size and dimensions, except mine goes all the way around my arm. That's good. When he wrestles, he goes by the rock. When he acts, he goes by the wood. There's <laughs> a little wood in there. Uh, he left his old tag team partner, headed for Hollywood, and paper and scissors never wrestled again. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I got that. It took me a minute to get that. <laughs> really? Joke. I was. I, you know, reading is not the same as hearing it. Understood. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. That's funny. Jackie Chan. For over thirty years, he's been wowing fans in Asia, Europe, and parts of America. <laughs> Jackie Chan is 62 years old and still does all his own stunts. But I think in about 25 years, I could kick his ass, providing I don't age and he contracts lupus. (laughs) Mel Gibson. Tom Hanks wasn't nominated, but Mel Gibson was. Karma's a bitch, ain't it, Tom? Uh, See, Mel Gibson. We all know Mel hit a couple of rough patches, but let's face it. Many people in this room have gotten into a scrape with the law or gotten drunk and tossed an anti-Semitic remark. Uh, I'm look and uh, tossed out an anti-Semitic remark. I'm looking at you, Emma Stone. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, our next presenter. Let's see. Our next presenter's looks haven't changed in 25 years of filmmaking. When they said black don't crack, they were talking about Samuel L. Jackson. And if Sam's offended, keep in mind, white don't fight. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. All right. I'll save a few more for tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, It's going to walk down memory lane. Uh, all right, so let's see. We got a Bill Mark clip. We got uh, Mark's uh, stand-up trailer, which I thought was pretty funny. Which yeah, I think we should just play. Yes. He's a funny comedian. I've seen, he, I've heard his stuff many times. He is. He's uh, been in here before. But uh, yeah, let's just play it. it. It'll work. You don't need the visual. HBO. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Comedy Central, Pornhub, and BET. He passed on all of them because he hates money. And they said no first. I think I'm autistic, but just like the bad parts of it. Yeah. Like I can't compute numbers or remember dates, but I'll make you feel weird. I just watched a documentary on pedophilia with my friend. My friend goes, oof, I could never have sex with a kid. They're so annoying. I was like, that's it, huh? We hate to admit it. We've come a long way. Like in the 50s, we had whites only and blacks only water fountain, which is incredibly sad, especially if you're a thirsty Asian. Mark Norman is giving his special to the people for free because he loves his fans and nobody would buy it. More people die in America of obesity than starvation, which is like, hey, we did it. (laughs) I know a girl, she's lactose intolerant, still producing milk. She's making something, she can't even tolerate. (laughs) I met a nice girl on that Jewish app. What's that Jewish app called? The Jewish one? Uh, PayPal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mark Norman, Out to Lunch, May 12th, on YouTube. School shootings. What a bummer, huh? Ah, the great American pastime. Mark uh, is going to be on. I think Seinfeld says he's like one of the most promising up-and-coming guys out there. So it'd be good to talk to young Mark. Um, I had this thought, which is, um, you know, we forget 
how good uh, innovation is and how what a uh, problem solver innovation is. So we always have these problems of the moment. You know, we have climate or we have food or we have, you know, Polio. we have things. We have the ocean water rising sure. and, and things like that. But we always kind of forget how good we are at overcoming these things, especially with technology. And uh, I was uh, looking through uh, Bring a Trailer, one of my uh, – <laughs> One of my websites I like to look at. I like to look at cars. And uh, I saw a car from 1979, and I thought to myself, oh, yeah, I was in the 10th grade in 1979 mm-hmm. and, and and 80, but the beginning part was 79. But anyway, um, and I remember at the time thinking, I love cars, but cars are horrible. Mm-hmm. Everything was horrible in 1979, 1980, 81. When I was coming on, when I was flirting with the notion of getting a driver's license, and not that I would have been able to purchase anything, I had no money. My family had no money, or at least said they had no money, so I wasn't heading toward anything. But I'd believe them. I had done the math (laughs) on some iconic cars, like the Corvette starting in the 50s. By the time you got to 1979, there wasn't much of anything there. Nobody wants a 1979 Corvette. A Mustang, which used to be something. Mm -hmm. And now in 1979, 1980, just just the ravine, just the bottom of it. And I remember thinking, well, for a couple things. I remember thinking, well, if you take a look at Mustangs in 1964, 65, and you take a look at Corvettes... 1964, mm-hmm. 65, when I was born, and you now look at both of, you know, iconic, and even even your Ferraris and, you know, your Lamborghinis and stuff, nothing was what it was. Right. And now, you fast forward 16, 17 years, I'm looking to get a driver's license, and I love performance cars. The way this graph is going, by the time I have enough money to afford a Corvette, a new Corvette or a new Mustang or a new whatever, if it keeps going this direction, there's going to be nothing to buy. Right. It's going to have a sewing machine engine in it. And gas is running out of gas and it's expensive and, and it's all just going to go the way the dodo. And I was looking at this car. It's a 1979 AMX. I don't know which which one it was. <laughs> Damn. Pitching. <laughs> Is that bitchin' or is that boss? It's that boss bitchin'. and oh. bitchin', but it's still a pile of shit. Look at it, that hood. It, it's still just a gutless wow. kind of joke of a car with it, a big screaming Firebird Eagle on the front. It and, looks like Hot Wheels. Yeah, it, it, it was an, it's a novelty joke of a car that would be a, a bone stock Mini Cooper would outperform it all day long today in, in, every, in every category you measure performance. And so I was just thinking, oh, we're just falling off a cliff and we're going to keep falling off this cliff. And there's no reason to think it would go any other way because I'm looking at the graph and we never ha- we didn't have any spikes from the time I was born till, right. till now. It's just been heading down. And now you go out there and you realize people are driving Teslas that are mm-hmm. zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds and Hondas kick ass and even the Econo box mm-hmm. stuff works and Every, there's an offering from every 
manufacturer, and if you want to, if you want to climb the Mustang, kicks ass now. Mm-hmm. Corvette kicks ass now. I mean, real world beaters. You know, the new Corvettes, a mid-engine car, and kicks ass. The new Mustangs kick ass, the new Ferraris, everything. And then there's a whole bunch of other offerings from your Audis and your Genesis and things that didn't, right. things that didn't exist. They didn't, they didn't have Lexus. They had right. Toyota and they didn't have Acura. Right. They had Honda and they, you know, there was, and Honda's or, made shit boxes and Toyota made shit mm-hmm. boxes. You know? little I know, the cars that were formerly very problematic, those European imports like Audi, like you said, or Jaguar, like they're kick ass cars now. They're ki- so, well, what happened? technology and then the free market like like everyone just competed and technology chipped in and jumped in and i sort of feel that way about a lot of the problems right. we're, we're currently having i feel like there's a lot of room for innov- innovation and technology and free market and those those shall be the savior so for those of you hmm. who're uh, a little down about uh, you know what's going on or what may be Coming down the road, I'm I'm confident that we're going to figure out a way to uh, handle yeah. it, but it's probably not going to be the government. It'll well, probably be now. What if the government took over automotive manufacturing what? in 1980? Oh, we'd what, all we'd be, be driving, driving Flintstone to, cars. Right. That's funny you mentioned that. I agree with everything you said, but the one thing we brought up, I think, earlier this week or last week was how every car is just safe. Every car is just a 10 out of 10. You know, it used to be Volvo was the only one that was safe, and everything is 10 out of 10. And there's obviously results of regulation. So it's just like, where do you draw the line? Like, safety well, is obviously I, a thing that needs the, to be. Yeah, I, I if agree. If it's a free market, the cars wouldn't be safe. They're like, yeah, we're going to make it as cheap as possible. Well, but I disagree because I think Volvo made a safe car mm-hmm. because they wanted to sell to my Dumbo mom, of course, for instance. that was a selling point. And then once Volvo makes a safe car, people start wanting safety or people want safety anyway. I think people want safety. And so then the question is, is where does the government, how does the government mm-hmm. fit in? I think... Volvo Volvo will make a safe car and then people buy a safe car and then other car manufacturers will have fall to line. fall in line because if somebody has an airbag and you don't have an airbag then people are going to gravitate toward that. I mean it's a it's a little of each. It's like they have cafe standards, you know, they have mileage standards and that's regulated right. by the government. On the other hand, oh Gas is expensive, and people want to buy a car that gets good gas. Mileage. Absolutely, and 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 bring it full circle. Think about the Volkswagen scandal from a few years ago, where yes, there were regulations, the of course, yeah, yeah, and they were like, um, it, be, it behooves us to falsify all these records, and uh, we're going to make a lot more money. They skirted the standards. They, of course, they got caught. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, but, but look no look no further than the bounty of reliable, safe, and now more and more affordable electric cars. You know, the government is saying Mm -hmm. we need X amount of cars on the road to be electric Mm -hmm. by 2030, but Tesla's way ahead of them because they want to sell units. And the free market, people want those. And people want That's why GM and Ford, whoever, are making those. Agreed. So anyway, that uh, AMC Spirit AMX from 1979, even though I was young and dumb, uh, not full of cum because yeah. I beat off three times a day, but I I still looked at that car through the eyes. See, the problem with me is I was always able to look at hairstyles, fashion, architecture, and auto and automobiles, even when I was living in the era, right. and go, that's not 
a good thing, yep. and that's history shall not oh, be kind to that. That should have been a horrible existence for you in the mid seventies in the valley, because that architecture is still there, and it is such an eyesore. Those horrible apartment buildings that are flat, you everything know? flat oh. roof box. Kind of, it's kind of interesting because we we get no snow in the valley. Every roof became flat, and it yeah. completely ruined the architecture. But of even the face is just flat and sad with the two pillars underneath for the carport. I I know, and the and we, Trust it, was, me. it was funny. We tried to jazz it up by putting some sparkles in the stucco. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, that's right. And then we'd give it some weird name oh. like Tahitian Manor yes. on Sherman Way and uh, off of uh, Laurel Canyon or yeah. something. The, the saddest, P- scariest place. Victory Cove. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, also, uh, ooh, comedy stores reopening the main room ooh. on Friday. So that's good. Probably it's some capacity. I don't know what. Somebody uh, tweeted me. Uh, article on cancer sniffing dogs, everybody. Oh, we're here. And Dawson, uh, Dawson has it. So let's hear that. Meet Osa, the medical detection dog that can sniff out cancer from The Economist. Dogs are helping scientists develop new ways to diagnose malignancies. Osa, a seven-year-old German shepherd, is no ordinary dog. She has been trained to sniff out cancer. In a room at the University of Pennsylvania's Working Dog Center, she walks around a metal wheel fitted with eight spokes, which looks like a giant fidget spinner. Oh, who are they riding to? Each spoke <laughs> has, its, oh, has a port at its end, which contains a speck of blood plasma. One is from a patient with early-stage ovarian cancer. Osa smells each port, then stops at the cancerous sample and stares intently. Scientists have tried- I would argue this is good, but it's not as good as having the actual chick there with ovarian cancer mm-hmm. and going, yeah. "Sweetie, give me your panties." Yeah, this is in the name of this in the name of science. science. <laughs> yes, scientists- history will be kind to you. Sorry. Scientists have trained Osa and two other medical detection dogs to distinguish between plasma from normal patients, those with benign ovarian tumors, and people with malignant ovarian cancer. Dogs are outstandingly accurate says Cynthia Otto, the center's director. But doctors are not. If detected promptly, 90% of ovarian cancers can be cured. But at present, there is no means to diagnose it in its early stages. The symptoms, bloating, weight gain, abdominal discomfort, are generic and replicate many more benign problems. So most patients are diagnosed with ovarian cancer only in its later stages when the survival rate drops to 20% of cases. Using dogs to screen humans wouldn't be an efficient use of their skill, says Otto. Instead, she is working with a physicist to develop a device designed to mimic dogs' olfactory cells. When blood plasma is heated, it produces a vapor that is blown against the sensor, which then reads the information it picks up. A computer algorithm analysis analyzes the output which has so far been 100% accurate in identifying early-stage cancer samples. Although the sensors aren't as fun to work with as OSA and her canine colleagues, their potential to save lives is not to be sniffed at. (laughs) That's crazy. And by the way, we just read this incredible article about this like super dog. Mm -hmm. Um, I just looked below the console, and we have our own super dog in here who's super good at laying on the floor doing (laughs) zero right now as we speak. 
Yeah. I wonder how long or how difficult it would be to train a dog for that. Because that's a, that's a selling point if you're buying a dog. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's a blessing and a curse. You go to the dog party, starts you know growling at someone. You're like, oh, fucking Grim Reaper's here. <laughs> but it was uh, something I've been talking about eh, 25 years ago on Loveline because I was like, if these dogs can sniff anything, mm-hmm. then why can't they sniff everything? Wow. Powerful Tri- sniff, on, sniff, ironically. But uh, can yeah, these I dogs think, cure cancer. I think. Uh, hmm? Can any of these dogs cure cancer? Mm-hmm. Call me when they can. Yeah. Wondering, just asking, a friend. <laughs> we. Uh, so it's it's interesting, and uh, like I said, I think uh, I think the dogs are going to be able to. They'll. Uh, everything has its own smell, which yeah. if mm-hmm. you start to realize, like on your body. You realize that what's coming out of the anus is a little different than what's coming out of the mouth in the scent and what's coming out of the urethra. And anyone who's ever, like, had a carbuncle or a boil knows mm. that, like, has its own smell. Like, everything kind of has its own smell yeah. that you produce. And uh, why not let the dogs take care of it? If we could smell like dogs smell, we would never stop throwing up. We're neat. I'm so glad, yeah. <laughs> but... From somebody who was just uh, watching uh, Defending Your Life and getting back to uh, Rip Torn. The Little Brains. That's right. The Little Brains, which is he was eating that weird mm-hmm. thing for lunch. Yeah. And he said the you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like, like it. Like it. Right. And, he, and Albert Brooks didn't like it. But theoretically, if we got to that point, yeah. maybe we would change our relationship with these this things. This is that damn exciting stuff. And also, isn't it crazy how, you know, they did throw in like technology and how they want to mimic what a dog does. But we're in 2021. We're essentially in the future. And we just, breaking news, dogs can smell stuff. Yeah. Like, doesn't that sound like an archaic news story? It, it Look, I'm a, I'm a guy with the, no formal education, but it seemed seemed glaring to me yeah. 25 years ago and i sat next to dr drew and he was just kind of he would laugh it off you know go, why not let them let them sniff for everything yeah why that's what they do and they seem to do it better than us so why not all right well then hopefully we'll get to that world and then uh, hopefully my tack crows will come to fruition right one day soon hey drew I'm, yeah yeah, I'm just saying that uh, if a dog can smell everything, why can't they smell uh, ovarian trouble coming down the road? Right, right. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty profound thought. Crazy. It sounds like you're paying me lip service now, Drew. What I'm saying is, is uh, this is something that probably should be written up in some medical journal. No, I mean, seriously, like, I, you know, uh, you could go to the hospital, throw your weight around, maybe get me published in JAMA. Uh, well, sometimes I do. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, now would be that time. I'm, I'm saying I would want credit for this story. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm going to need you to commit to just kind of, you know, sort of following up with it for me. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, that, that's it. No. Are you looking at your phone? No, no. The phone is not on. The TV is not on. I'm listening to you. Yeah, I think you're looking at your phone right now. I don't think you're tuned into what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what you just did. I'm saying you're you're checked out. Yeah. This show is favored nations, Drew. We split the money down the middle. I, I need you to participate a little more. Sometimes I do. I'll yeah, tell you what. Right. But I'm talking about every time. 
Right, right. Oh. <laughs> Seems like kind of a blow off. <laughs> that was the clip from Love Live. That's what right. <laughs> I tried to explain. Here's the whole thing, everyone, because I've had many a conversation with people, and I realize if you, in fact, are going to check out in the middle of the conversation because you're checking emails mm-hmm. or YouTube or, or uh, porn or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you have to do it in such a way that I can't detect it on the other side of the phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It cannot be abundantly evident that you have checked out. This happened with my mother last night when I literally said I had because we're talking about, you know, my eating is different right now. And I said first and I said, you know, snack. I had like a like a half a handful of peanuts and a piece of cheese. Silence. Crazy. And she goes, I think that is wonderful. That's a and I go, Mom, are you listening to me? Uh huh. I go, did you hear what I said? And she goes, I heard it. I just didn't register it and i said you didn't register that i had peanuts and some cheese like they can't they think they're better at it than they are of covering right that's wonderful well like i said the the thing that their get out of jail free card is every human is born with the ability to parrot back the last four to seven words the other person said so they can be completely and utterly checked out and then go, I was listening. You said you took an hour to get to Disneyland, but they're still not listening. Right. They can literally just parrot back the last few syllables that came out of your mouth. Ooh, sometimes I do. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. Let me hit uh, signal wire and then we got a lot more coming your way. Powering the future of remote business communications. That's Signal Wire. A major TV studio recently needed remote actors to re-record and dub their lines. They use Signal Wire's low latency audio and video tech with virtually no sound or video lag whatsoever. Signal Wire's design mimics the in-office experience, offering quick, informal, unscheduled interactions that are critical to employee productivity and solidifying company culture. Smart businesses use SignalWire to future-proof their business. And you can sign up before April 30th at SignalWire.com with the code ADAM, and they'll buy lunch for you and your staff for the first team meeting. The technology is unbelievable. I was on it with these guys for like uh, 45 minutes. It is mind-numbing how clear it is go to signalwire.com for terms and conditions that's signalwire.com use the code adam signalwire.com all right let's take a quick break come back with more stories right after this hey geico do you own do you rent well you do one or the other right you know it's hard work out there owning renting you want to save some money how about your bundle bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too because you got so much to do already. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Hey, Adam, Indiana Sosh here to give you a song that just could not be recorded now. I mean, you can actually point to any song on their catalog and you're going to hit one of the Beatles. That is Run For Your Life. 
Run for Your Life by the Beatles would not be made now. Keep up the good work, guys. Bye. You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. True. Somehow them being British and sort of non-threatening. Yeah. Mop tops. Mop heads, yeah. yeah. yeah I love it's... the Beatles, but that song is, is potentially problematic. John Lennon threatening to beat the shit out of and or kill a woman. Right. Catches her with another man. Right. Stepping out on him. This always almost feels like a novelty song, though. Like everyone... Is it original Beatles song? Oh, yeah. This is off of... Help? I'll go for that. But, you know, again, like they're so cute and non-threatening. Like... I feel like if Molly Hatchet covered this <laughs> song, it would be a little different vibe, you know? Yeah, this is little girl. All right. Uh, let's see. Poor Jordan. I feel mm. bad because I was about to uh, dispatch Gina to go fix Phil's ear. <laughs> Phil lays down sometimes. And his ear bothers me. Okay. He lays down sometimes, his ear flops open, and I don't like it. I fix Charlie's ears all the time because he has the floppy ears. You know, some dogs have the pointy ears. He has the floppy ears, and I'm constantly putting him down. Didn't even move, that dog. Thank you for mm-hmm. uh, for doing that. All right, let's see. Uh, let's talk to uh, poor Jordan, who has to put his dog down. Jordan? Oh. Hey, guys. How are you? Oh. Good. What? Uh, tell us about your yeah. dog. I got I got my boy Charlie Brian and he's a 16 year old yellow lab and wow, he, that's a long time got, for you. He was a big old Molly dog, big yeah. old you know lab, just jaws and you just grab a man and jump on the bed and you know uh, just what a what a great life he's had for 16 years. I'm gonna try not to cry. <laughs> Sorry guys, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's I know uh, you had Molly, you know, and you went through that. And were, were you out of town when? Yeah, um, we were in Vegas. He was put down. Or you we, were, huh? When when she was really sick, I remember we were. In Vegas. Uh, yeah, I, remember I, that. I sort of remember yeah. carrying her out to the car in her basket oh. and like putting her in the back of the car, and then probably heading for the airport. So that's uh, and then Gina, yeah. you had your situation as well with yeah. your little guy too. Yeah, and I ended up doing it at home. Because for me, so that was I a tried that, choice, yeah. and because of COVID, they won't come oh, to the house anymore. I'm sorry, really? Uh, that's un- that's that, too um, bad. So here, you want to hear some shit? They said if your dog's under thirty pounds, we can come to your house and do it outside, and that's just not going to work for me. Outside. What? That doesn't make any sense. And why is you're the, telling me? Wait, what's, the, what's the size matter? It's probably it's, because the machine they would use is portable. It's not a machine, though. I mean, in, our, in my the case, shots. the yeah. Kevorkian's van, right? It's just a little bag <laughs> oh, of man. stuff they have in a bag. Oh. Can I just say one thing? Because this is the thing that Please. I I had to remember, and I tell anyone who's in this situation, it, you, when you kind of need that stiff upper lip, and like you know, what's what is this? I mean, a silver lining is you know, it's pejorative, but you're doing this thing for the 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 creature you love most in the world. You're doing what they cannot do for themselves. It is in Judaism. It is the highest mitzvah that you could do. You are doing something for this animal that you love that he cannot do for himself. Yep, that, those are some kind words, and uh, very appreciative. I'll tell you that it's yeah. going to be a rough time. And I'm, I'm in the backyard. He's laying on the grass in the sun, and mm. any just, food he wants yeah. today. Oh, anything except for I'm scared he's going to just you know shit his pants. But uh, so what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, so what? You're I'm right. I'm pissed yeah. at these fucking COVID restrictions. Yeah, that That's fucking sense. ridiculous. You know, that just that drives me bonkers. Come to my house, yeah. you know, 
Also, I'll pay it. What is it? I'll pay it. I don't care. Just please be compassionate. But also, what is so much less dangerous about you bringing the dog inside to their, yeah. their office? It's just this. That's what's crazy. It's going to be me and my dad in a room with a vet and probably a vet tech. So four people in a small room. Yeah, it's we're we're fucking nuts. It's like Mike had to just get tested for COVID. Uh, Brian and Gina and me had to get. But Mike and Gina and Brian have been vaccinated. Yeah. Drew has to be tested for COVID, even though he's had COVID Come and on. been vaccinated. Uh, we're, joke. we're talking to uh, Russell Peters. His mom had COVID, was vaccinated, and still needs to be quarantined for two weeks in Canada. It's like, look, people, rules aren't just rules for the sake of rules. They they have to no. have they have to live people. somewhere mm-hmm. in reality, and or. We're going to stop listening to you right. and your rules. Just be fucking reasonable. Like they're starting. Eventually. They have a section in Dodger Stadium now, which is the COVID section where there, you don't need social distancing in the COVID section, but you still have to wear a mask. But you don't have to wear a mask, obviously, oh. when you're eating your Dodger dog and taking a draw off your your suds. So who's going to be wearing a mask in that? Like, I I. This thing where you go, just do it, just do it. These are the rules. You're going to start losing the populace. Mm -hmm. Drives me nuts. And whether it's people not being able to visit their dying grandparents in hospice or your dog and not being able to be euthanized in a familiar setting like your home. It's just they have it's real world consequences of these fucking obnoxious rules. Yeah, I, I, would, I agree. I would check you know, on I'm some other. Interrupt you. Go, no, go ahead. Gina, I, I would check on some other places that will come at least in, to the backyard. The, the pound thing that 30 pounds makes no sense. Nate's brother no, will no, come no. out from Montana. Oh, that on. I can tell you that I can promise you <laughs> have gun. will travel. So I just, you know, tomorrow I'm just. You know, think about putting him in the back of my car tomorrow. This old, feeble dog in the back of my car with his pillow and and just then carrying him into the veterinarian office. I just can't wrap my head around this. Yeah, and they're big. That's what happened. I was trying to carry Molly, who was 75 pounds, and the dog bed and get it into the back. And my hand slipped off and Molly fell on the ground. Oh, shit. It was brutal. It was actually more brutal because the kids started laughing because they're too young and it just looked like a pratfall <laughs> to them. But it was like, yes, it's so much easier just to have them come to your house. You know, Jordan, I wish they would. Jordan, this is Dawson. I, I feel for you. My heart breaks for you. But I got Thanks, three, three Thank you. Piece of, pieces of advice that I learned from a great movie called Red Dawn. <laughs> Don't cry. Hold it back and I'm let it turn it back, into baby. something else. Yeah. Let it turn. I'm holding it back. All Let right. it turn, hey, Adam, buddy. one more thing. Hmm. Hi, guy. Hi, guy. Oh, <laughs> Love you, Jordan. So All right. Good. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Someone has a great aviation story about uh, bodily fluid and grit. All right. All right. That sounds good. That's what the plane ran on. <laughs> <laughs> TR42 from Georgia. Hey, Adam. How you doing? Hi, guy. How you doing? Good. I got a story for you. You're going to love it. All right. All right. So um, I got to say, many stories have been prefaced with you're going to love it. All right. And the batting average is pretty low, but not as low as someone telling a bad joke and going, you can have that one. (laughs) I never (laughs) take that one. Well, I won't do that. I won't do that. I'll give you the backstory. I've been a a Navy pilot for almost two decades now. Okay. Mm. What kind of of equipment are you flying? 
Uh, I flew the E2 Hawkeye out of Point Magoo there in California, and uh, F-18, actually. Sorry, the, what's so, the E2 Hawkeye? That's the, everybody thinks of it as the AWACS mm-hmm. for the Navy. Right. So the, the radar dish, twin-engine prop, flies off the carrier. And you flew... Uh, Damn, look at that. That's a toy. It doesn't look real. <laughs> and you, and yeah. you flew the, uh, did you say F-18? F eighteen, yeah. Halfway through my career, I I got lucky, got a transition, and flew F eighteen. Oh, uh, man. oh so, man, that is a hot plane. You, I'm sorry, you got to explain what we're looking at on this this other plane with the with the hypnotizing uh, swirly whirl on the top. That's the radar. You can dish. say that it that it looks like a penis with a hat. That's fine. That's what we we, we oh, would call it. That. That's what sure. it looks like. Um, so it's a radar plane, right? Wow. So it goes up, and uh, it basically connects all the other aircraft. That's mm-hmm. crazy. To be able to see and talk and think it had like, I forget how many radios. I mean, I was the pilot. I was in the front. Uh, the hard thing for us was landing on the ship. Oh, yeah. It was one of the harder planes. It's a big um, plane to land on a carrier. It is. 80-foot wingspan and an 85-foot landing area. <laughs> one of my good friends uh, actually clipped off two foot of his wing missing the wires one night. Wow. So, mm, uh, catch wire. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, this story, so I'll, I'll take your challenge. This story predates all that. This is flight school. Okay. Um, so I had a massive problem with air sickness, massive, uh, threw up on every one of my first 12 flights and we get to the check ride. You got to do a check ride, just like civilian, you know, you have to do a safer solo check ride. Mm-hmm. And this instructor, you know, is super intimidating and I'm a Navy guy I'm, and I'm doing training with the air force and they try to do more intimidating. So uh, I bring my training record down and it's got all the incidents every time I threw up, right? They have to detail because it's the Air Force. I sit down and this guy looks at me, he goes, looks like you got an airsick problem, huh? I was like, yes, sir. And he goes, well, it's a Friday afternoon, mind you. So keep that in mind. He goes, if you throw up and give me the controls today, you fail your flight. I go, all right. So we go fly. Normally, you warm up. You know, it's kind of like racing. You know, you don't jump right into it. You warm up a little bit. So normally, we do that. Nope. First maneuver, give me a spin. I'm like, all right. So we spin this airplane. What are you flying? T-37 Tweet, the most uncool training jet aircraft the Air Force (laughs) Mm -hmm. could find. Mm -hmm. Um, So I come out of the first spin feeling pretty good. He goes, give me another one. I'm like, man. All right, do another one, feel pretty good. He goes, give me an inverted spin. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's trying to get me sick. He's trying to get me sick so he can go home and play some golf. That's what he's trying to do. Which how I do you, uh, now, how do you get life. into an inverted spin? You basically would pull it nose high and then kick the rudders. Damn. And it would flip itself on its back. Mm. Um, so sort of like banana peel, slipped on a banana oh, yeah. peel kind of way? Oh, yeah. Wow. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so I come out of that spin. And he's sitting, this plane, I don't know if you know what it looks like, but he's sitting right next to me. I mean, our shoulders are touching. Yeah, I do right? know That's what those planes look like. Is he, uh, you guys over a foam pit, or how's this work once <laughs> no, you get ver- we are over Oklahoma, spinning. which I guess is the next best thing, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so he's dejected. I could see it in his face. Like, I mean, he's got his mask on, his visor on. He can't, but you could just see in his body language. He's like, damn, can't get this guy sick. He's like, fine. Just go ahead and give me a loop, I guess. And you've seen loops at air shows, right? No big deal. So 
as soon as I start pulling into this loop, I feel it. <laughs> and the reason I know it's coming is because every time I would throw up in the plane, as soon as I was done, they'd send me to this physiology chair. They'd strap you in and spin you in circles. Jesus. And the theory was to, I thought the theory was to desensitize you. I think they just wanted you to throw up more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get you to quit, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel this coming on, pull back on the stick, but I had a plan because I knew I couldn't give the controls to him. I'd fail my flight and I can't fail my flight. So I'm pulling those up. I reach into my G suit pocket and I have a little barf bag mm-hmm. and there's a little vent right by my oh, left hand. And I open it up. We're over on our backs, pulling through this loop. He's six inches away from me. I blow up the bag, drop my mask. I throw up upside down. (laughs) Wow. Come through the bottom of this loop. I wrap up this bag the best I can, throw it back in my pocket, throw my mask back on, come out of the loop. And I I just fly straight and level. And he's staring at me. Just, I mean, just staring at me, not saying a word. And finally, I'm like, "Uh, sir, you know, he outranks me. You want me to do something else? And he goes, Shit, man, I have no freaking idea what your loop looked like, but that was the coolest shit I've ever seen in the plane. You passed. <laughs> and that was it. Wow. I never threw up. He liked your plane. move. He liked the barf bag move. He, he liked it. He liked it. So, yeah. That's a hero. And that you, was my. You, you, I got to believe Huevos Rancheros was not a great choice <laughs> that morning. I uh, can tell you that I know everything on the market to try to not throw up, and none of it works. The key is just taste, eat something that tastes good because it's going to come back up mm. and you're going to taste it again. Mm. That's the key. So, the milk was a bad choice. Do you, uh, <laughs> you still get air sick? I don't. That was the last time I threw up in a plane ever. Wow. Ever. What's, yeah. what? It was all nerves. It was all in my head. Uh, I tell, you know, I tell people that uh, now to this day, you know, even on with a different career, on with different things. And, you know, I'm like, it's mind over matter. It's, it's you decide to do something. And you do it, and that's it. And that's what I try to teach my kid. That's what I try to, you know, teach people that I, I teach now. It's that's it. You conquered so, it. You ran the gauntlet. Nailed it. I did. I did. That was only one of many gauntlets in my career, uh, <laughs> but that one I did conquer that day. That's great. It was story. pretty cool. What's the uh, what's the fastest you've been in a plane? Uh, the Hornet. So it doesn't, it, it's not fun up high. I mean, the Hornet would do, you know, over Mach 1 easy. Um, I've done about 600 knots down low, which is pretty fun. Uh, we would do a flight, low-level ingress in the Hornet where you're 100 feet off the desert. Mm. And uh, that was that was pretty fun. We would go up to, to Nevada and, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's just all these meth labs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so you, you could wake them up pretty good. <laughs> You know, some of them take a while to get up. Actually, it's a little surprising because that would wake me up if the plane went over overhead at 100 feet going that fast. But uh, And just for layman's terms, because I just looked it up, for, for those of us who don't know how fast Mach 1 is, I Googled it and it said essentially about 767 miles per hour. Does that sound right? Uh, sure. So we can uh, wrap our heads around it. I'm you, I was at. a business major. I'm about the uh, most average smart pilot you're going to meet. Mm. So, yeah, it depends on a ton of factors. Okay. And um, it depends on the day and all that. But, but yeah, it's fast. But you don't notice, you know, if you're up high, you don't notice it. It's all relative speed. Right. When you're down low, yeah, you know, at 100, the 100 going feet by. going 600 miles an hour. <laughs> 100 feet above the meth RV. It is the coolest. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I oftentimes think about this, which is, 
you have these multi-million dollar aircraft that's cutting edge technology and regular folk, if you're trained properly, can go out and do crazy things mm-hmm. in it. I had my friend Gary, who used to be in my boxing class, he was a commercial airline pilot, but he flew uh, A-10 Warthogs. And uh, he'd tell me about how would they train. And they'd go, oh, they just pull some old school buses out in the middle of the Nevada desert. And then you just get in your A-10 Warthog with this big uh, Gatling gun cannon that shot these depleted uranium rounds. And you oh, just yeah. drop in and just shred the bus. And I thought, like, yep. if, if yeah. that if that went at some celebrity auction, the the bid would be one point seven million dollars to be able to do well, that absolutely. in that in that plane. Just you know, every time you hold the trigger for three seconds, that's seven hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money that went into <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that school bus. Oh, yeah. Not to mention the fuel. And I mean, just and you know, he's just a regular guy right. who went through mm-hmm. a naval fighter training, wow. you know. God bless. But, well, yeah, and it, it's true. You talk about that. There is a, there's a quick story. I know you guys have quick story. We have to do carrier qualifications, right? So mm-hmm. you have to stay current landing on a ship. And and one day, you know, in the Hornet, we had just gone out. We're off San Diego, pretty far off San Diego. And um, I run to a second jet because my jet breaks. Because I joke with people now in, in my day job now that I spent most of my career flying planes built by the lowest bidder, which is true. Um, great planes, but let's be honest. And uh, so I get in this jet, and it's got three drop tanks, which each hold 2,000 pounds of gas. It's got full internal gas. I hit the end of the catapult, and the, the carrier captain goes, you got two minutes to be back on deck. And I'm like, that's impossible. So I'm out there in full afterburner dumping fuel. <laughs> Just, I mean, the most inefficient... <laughs> Possibly, you take the coolest race car, and I can now do it fuel efficiency wise. Trying to get back on the carrier, um, but it's funny you mention that because one of my buddies is—he's uh, pitching a show to let celebrities go dogfight. So Damn. we all try to do crazy things after we get out of aviation. That's his thing, and uh, my thing is a book. I wrote a book, and it's coming out, and uh, that's what's going on. So it's—it's it's pretty crazy. Well, I'll send it, you a copy give, if you want. Yeah, give so. us, give us, give it a plug. Go ahead. I'll, well, okay, so uh, T.R. Matson is is where you can find it, but um, it's out on everything. May 11th is when it when it goes live. It's a fiction thriller about an E-2 pilot who's got a commanding officer out for his own agenda, um, and uh, it's it's been a pet project of mine, and with COVID, I wanted to get it done to show my son when he's older that no matter how bad last year pretended to be, you can still accomplish things in life. And what's so, it called? It's called Treason Flight. Thanks, uh, thanks, TR. I only have it. Um, yeah, I love pilots because um, they – it's sort of a – I work from pragmatic. So the reason I love pilots is also the reason I hate AOC because I hate anyone talking about reimagining this or doing that or systemic this. I, I don't like all the theories. Right. The pilots are the most sort of brass tacks people on the planet. And I just, I, because their job requires that kind of like pragmatism, I guess. But, uh, you know, you can't really reimagine landing on a carrier at night. <laughs> There's just kind of one way to do it. Right. Someone tells don't you to do creative. it. 
no one cares about your feelings right. about how to do it or no one feels uh, that uh, they're invading your personal space mm-hmm. when they tell you how mm-hmm. to do it. What's well, a pilot's they, truth? Right. Yeah, your tone. Yeah, there's just one way to right. do it and uh, they all agree on it. Uh, last call, line three. Sean, 35, Maryland. Hey, Ace Man, big fan ever since Loveline, you know, listening in middle school on HFS. Hi, guy. Oh, in D.C., right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to all the HF festivals and used to listen to you on my little AM FM, kept next to the bed, uh, you and Drew, for a long time and following ever since. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, going out to RFK Stadium and bringing out bands was uh, fun. I think I went out there a couple of times and, and got food poisoning and threw up constantly <laughs> before uh, before I showed up. But, yeah, reminds me of that. Sure. Yeah, Sean. Uh, so I've heard you talk about uh, Danny Two Sheets trying to get you to do some excessive tipping, uh, some other uh, tipping stories. But what do you think now about the excessive tipping of you're just ordering some food, some carryout at the counter, and they flip the screen around to you with the 10, 15, or 20%, and mm-hmm. you got to look the guy in the eye and, and push zero because they're not really doing anything? <laughs> well, I'd say, you know, pre COVID, it's good to do a little bit, but with COVID, you got to tip yeah, because that's what they're relying on. And I think that, Sean, I'm glad you brought that up because there is a little bit of that pressure, but it is nothing compared to them asking you. And would you like to include a tip? Just turn the screen around mm-hmm. to me. I'll take it from there. But exactly. And, and Sean, you might be right. They're not really doing much, maybe not even to earn, I'm putting air quotes, a tip. But they're it's, open. You know, it's, it's post-COVID. You know, they're, they're back to work for God knows how, from God knows how long being off. Eh, throw them an extra buck or two. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree. I, I do that, especially with the like curbside pickup and stuff now, too. But, yeah, I, I feel like it disincentivizes sort of you've talked about, you know, if the tip's included, I'm then seeing you might just get a mediocre the, uh, thing. Tips, but, tip included is a slippery slope because I'm seeing a lot more tips being included now. I ordered some Thai food the other day, and the tip was included. Like on a Grubhub oh. type service? No, I think it just – called oh, the, oh, the really? time wow. place. Yeah, on yeah. the apps, they're always a service fee. Right. Fee. You're, you're getting, they're, they're getting. This but calling was just the restaurant, the place. interesting. Well, as we talked about, thanks, Sean, COVID has kind of opened the door for some people to do what they don't want to do and other people to do what they want to do. Right. So first class airline Delta, you get a box with snack wells in it because <laughs> they don't really feel like making dinner for you. And then maybe the Thai food place yeah. would like the extra tip in there. And it's all kind of under the umbrella. It's, it's really what it is, is it's kind of a, it's kind of a business version of looting in the sense. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, we're out marching and we've got a cause and it's peaceful, but there's a certain hey. group that goes, hey, as long as we're all yeah. here, why not get some stereo right. shit? Right, smash well, and grab. Go buy Best MG Buy, Nike grab it. Right. Yeah, why not, why not do that? And there's a lot of businesses that are like, as long as we're all going through this shit, right. why not use it as a little opportunity yeah. to yeah. do some things that we couldn't do right. if we weren't under the umbrella of this. All right. Uh, oh, and I wanted to tell Gina, but especially... Uh, Brian, and I don't know why something it. just reminded me of it, but also makes you wonder. So, oh God, is during uh, during uh, make some changes around here to the code. Yeah, Gina, you're good for now. Thank you. Um, Damn it. During Ozzy's memorial, they have the screen set up now. It's you know the 42 incher with sure. the thing on the on the stand, and they're scrolling through 
shots, mm-hmm. uh, snapshots, and they have probably nine to twelve pictures, and they just keep okay. yeah, they just keep sure. cycling. And it's you know Ozzy smiling and Ozzy laughing and with friends and family and all that kind of stuff, but. There's one picture of him and Jack Silver. Oh no! And Jack Silver's got his arm around it, like like a chick dresses a pirate or something, like a hot blonde. Wow! Playboy Mansion stuff, I'm assuming. Yeah, and I'm where not, else have they been in the same room? I, I, I don't know. Ozzy was wearing an outfit too, so it was definitely like a Halloween yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's Jack, big shit eating grin on his thing, and then I start become obsessed with the screen and and seeing Jack's big mug on there, and he's grabbing some chicks. The happiest day of my life. <laughs> was it when was it when he was the breathalyzer and it said blow here? No, I was trying to figure it out because Jack wasn't wearing an outfit, oh, but Ozzy was, and obviously the hottie blonde who was like dressed like a pirate. Yeah. So there was something going on. It could have been that same night that someone that that big tad threw deaf rat guy's phone in the in the in the grotto. Brian, mm. you have that drop somewhere. No, that was one of the ones that got deleted. But oh. yes, I did have a yeah yeah. I Why would he that. do that? But I also thought to myself, and yes, I've met. Um, it's also I didn't want to get in and start producing the funeral, but when you're going through pictures, uh, could include one with Ozzy and the Ace Man. Wait, there was Still, no. There were nine pictures. Oh, there were the, one of there, them. There could have been fifteen. Ozzy and Jack Silver. There wasn't like a behind yeah. the scenes Best from the friends. Hammer. There was nothing. But Jack Silver and Ozzy oh. and uh, this playmate dressed like a pirate. Just a and, picture of the best buds. <laughs> and it just kept cycling through. Wow. And the fucking funeral was two hours. So I saw it like 114 <laughs> times, you know, wow. and I just kept obsessing on it. And at first I was mad at Jack. But then I realized <laughs> he's just a victim here as well. This is no, you can mad at Jack. That's fine. This is collateral damage. <laughs> I'm saying whoever's putting the spread together... Eh, do a little vetting. Like, who is this dude? And uh, were he and Ozzy close? And is he? he he's not here. Like, question: Was hmm. it the only picture where Ozzy was dressed up? Uh, no, Ozzy was uh, quite dapper. Okay, he, he, there were plenty it. of pictures of him wearing a suit and a wow. tuxedo I've or something like that, that at some event or quinceañeras okay, or something, okay. something like that. No, it wasn't. Wasn't that? It was just somebody. Just <laughs> yeah, I got to see this. Somebody. Oh, Somebody just went through it. They got I, off the internet, for God's sake. I'll, uh, yeah, Chris, make a note. I can probably, I can probably hit somebody up and find it. Anyway, I just kept obsessing that Jack Silver was uh, crashing Ozzy's funeral. Well, did he show up to say a few words? Rest in peeps! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's see. Our guest is here, Mark Norman. Uh, let me hit uh, McGuire's over the last few years. McGuire's launched the next generation of protective products specifically geared toward DIYers. Hybrid ceramic spray wax, bright blue bottle, advanced SiO2 hybrid technology delivers ceramic wax protection and durability beyond traditional wax. McGuire's hybrid ceramic liquid wax, long-lasting ceramic protection and an easy-to-use wax hybrid ceramic spray detailer for the in-between to uh, boost maintenance, removes dust and fingerprints and bird droppings and also those weird little insect droppings I seem to see on the hood. I love this stuff. This year, they've expanded to include new hybrid ceramic wash and wax. Bright orange bottle, two unique liquid systems together in one bucket. Meguiar's is a hybrid ceramic solution for everyone. Ceramic made easy. 
That is McGuire's. All right, comedian Mark Norman is in studio, and we'll talk to him right after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Saving starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply.